0: Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon. I hope that you had great holiday time, and that the last two shows we did, when it came to really how we're going to do this new year and positioning ourselves for a new year, I hope those were helpful for you. If you missed any of them, you can always go to the uh, KPXQ thirteen sixty website. And just, you can find me, click on my picture, and it'll take you to all the shows. You can also go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and all those shows are there as well, along with blogs and um, direction to different places in social media that I have, and, and different resources for you. So here we are, 2019, and I wanted to really take some time today and talk about belief. And what, I, what is kind of a paradox of unbelief. If you think about what the word paradox means, it's a, what we say is a logical puzzle that seems to contradict itself. It's a, maybe it's a statement that's false. Um, it, it's like when we, when, if you've ever heard the, the uh, saying, a liar's paradox. And so paradoxical statements, they seem kind of self-contradictory, but oftentimes they can be used to reveal deeper truths. So I I entitled this show, The Paradox of Unbelief, because I want you to think about unbelief in the God who created the universe is kind of paradoxical. And so when we look at religion, we see that hope is a key concept in most of the major world religions, and often signifying that the person, the hoper, believes in an individual or a collective group or something, some concept of heaven, some concept of a god something larger than themselves, And depending on the religion, you know, hope can be seen as a prerequisite for or a byproduct of what we would say, I don't know, spiritual attainment. And so when we look at Christianity, and this, this in Christianity, hope is one of the three theological virtues for the Christian. We have faith, hope, love, or faith, trust, and love. And, and these, these are strong, this is a strong and a confident expectation that we will have a future reward. That this isn't all there is to it. That our belief is this is the closest to hell we will ever get. And unfortunately, for some people, this is the closest to heaven that they will ever get. And, you know, our hope, that, that our hope is what has saved us. So we hope in the Lord, we hope in God, we hope in the the life of Christ and the redemption that comes with him. And so we hope in things we can't see. And with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it, right? And, And if you've ever read the book Pilgrim's Progress, there was a character, and this character's name was Hopeful. And Hopeful comforted Christian. That's the main character in the Pilgrim's process, uh, Progress. And Christian, when he was in the Doubting Castle, Hopeful comforted him. When we look at, conversely, if you've ever read Dante's Hell, this is what the words of Dante's Hell says. It says, lay down your hope, you that go in by me. Lay down your hope that go in by me. That's Dante's. That, that's, that's Dante's Hell. Whereas for us as Christian Christians, We have this wonderful, wonderful concept of hope that God is encouraging us relentlessly to hope in him. And we have this beautiful verse. This is Mark chapter 29. It's 19 through 27, and it's out of the Message Bible. And this is that wonderful story. And and this is the story Jesus starts out by saying, what a generation, no sense of God. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Then he says, bring the boy here. And they brought him. And when the demon saw Jesus, it threw the boy into a seizure, causing him to writhe on the ground and foam at the mouth. And he asked to the boy's father, how long has this been going on? And the father said, ever since he was a little boy. Many times it pitches him into the fire or the river to do away with him. If you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. And Jesus said to the man, if... If, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. And no sooner were those words out of his mouth than the father cried, then I believe, help me with my doubts. Help me with my unbelief, other versions say. And so seeing that the the crowd was forming fast, Jesus gave the vile spirit its marching orders. He said, dumb and deaf spirit, I command you, out of him and stay out. Screaming. And with much thrashing about, it left. The boy was like a pale corpse. So people started saying, oh my gosh, he's dead. But Jesus, taking his hand, raised him up. And the boy stood up. And so we see this wonderful paradox that this man has with Christ. He says, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. I do believe. And all of us as Christians, we do believe. We even profess our belief to to non-Christians and Christians alike. But in the midst of our turmoil and our heartache and our hardship and our hopes and our dreams are being dashed, then we doubt. And we believe in God as a concept, but do we really believe in Him? And so this is what we want to be thinking about. We want to be thinking about this issue of faith and we have hope. And hope This is a feeling of expectation, and it's a desire for a certain thing to happen. This father hoped in Jesus, but did he believe? He hoped, but did he believe? And this is where we want to ask ourselves, we have faith, hope, trust. So what is trust? Trust says it's a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, or the strength of someone or something. Relations have to be built on trust. So when we look at trust as a verb, it says we believe the reliability of it. We believe the truth. We believe in the strength of it. And so that verse, Mark chapter 9, verse 24, the, fa- the Father instantly cried out, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So what does that tell us? This paradox of unbelief, it tells us that it is a trust issue. It's a trust issue. The father believed, but he doubted. He wasn't sure Jesus was going to do it for his son. Would he really do it for me? Is he really going to do for me what I need, what I want, what I'm hoping for? So this is about relationship. It's an issue of trust. The more you know someone, the more you trust them or the less you trust them. Have you ever noticed that? There are some people you didn't think you could trust, but as you got to know them and went through things with them, you found them to be very trustworthy. And then there are some people you just assumed you could trust, and you came to find out you couldn't trust them at all. And so belief, having the belief to hope for those good things, the hope that the things that you need, will, those m- needs will be met. This is an issue of trust in whatever it is you are trusting in. It's a relationship issue. So it's hoping God will do it. But then it's trusting that he will. See, the little boy in the story, the son, trusted his father. The little boy with demons trusted his father. Wherever his father took him for help, he relied on his father. He depended on him. He believed that his father had his best interest in mind. Therefore, he did whatever the father had him do. It was all about relationship. This little boy trusted his father. And we saw in that story and read in that story how many different places that father had taken the son to get him some relief. And nobody was able to help him. But the son kept trusting the father and went wherever the father went, and did whatever the father asked him to do. So again, this is an example that we are to have the faith of a child when trusting in God for what we need and what we want. Children simply tell their father or mother what they need or want. The most trusting of children simply believe that the parent will give them always what is best. They believe in their parents' intentions. They believe in the heart of their parents'. And they trust. They're not ashamed to simply ask, even if it seems outrageous. See, that's the lesson for us today. All of us have parents that are imperfect. Some may have better parents than others. Some may have have really learned to trust well because of the trustworthiness of a parent. And some parents were not trustworthy. And you have to understand that what happens is we transfer that to God. So whatever those experiences are that we have with people, we have a tendency, many times subconsciously, to transfer that onto God. And so we think, if my earthly parents or family was untrustworthy, let me down, hurt me, harmed me, if my friends who I thought I could believe in and trust let me down, and I can see them with my own eyes in the flesh, then we have a tendency to think that nowhere is trustworthy except what we can see. So we would rather trust people that we can see than trust a God that we can't see. So the lesson that we are going to really think about for a while here and today, stop thinking for God. Stop thinking for him. Don't try to decide what he's thinking. Just simply ask him for what you need. Tell him what you want. Give him your heart's desire and trust that God is a God who loves you far more than you could ever comprehend, would never give you something that would hurt you, and would never withhold a good thing from you. So I love this verse. This is Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. It's out of the Message Bible. It says, Don't bargain with God, be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse game, hide and seek game. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. Don't you think the God who conceived you in love would do even better? So I want you to to remember this verse. I want you to write it down, memorize it, talk to yourself about it. As we are positioning ourselves with intention for a good year in 2019, One of those stable things that we want to depend on is our trust in God, our belief in who He is. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about faith, hope, and trust. welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today and Happy New Year. I hope that you were able to listen to the two-part series that we did on just really having the best year ever. And one of those really paramount things that we talked about doing, those, those concepts, that idea, is that we position ourselves with intention. And so today's show is really talking about the paradox of unbelief. And that we really want to work on eradicating unbelief from our life, from our spiritual life, from our emotional world, as we really believe for the best year ever. So we talked in the last segment about trust and the uh, the parable of the father who had the demon-possessed son. And that he said to Jesus, I do believe, but help me with my doubt. I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. And so we talked about that unbelief is a trust issue. See, I either trust God or I don't. There is no middle ground. He's not sometimes trustworthy and then other times he's not. He's not human in that way. I either trust him or I don't. And so I can have that childlike faith with God that just says, I don't even need to determine if what I'm asking for is good for me or not. I just ask him, knowing that I can trust my Heavenly Father, that he would never withhold a good thing from me, And he wants good things for me, just like you do for your children. Would you withhold from your children? It's hard to not spoil people, children, pets that we love so deeply. God has the same, same struggle with us. So let's look at some verses that are really about trust, that are some of my favorite ones. And trust is this valued character trait, and it's often lacking in today's world. So we really want to say to the Lord, that is a character trait that I want to have. I want to be a trustworthy person. I want people to trust me. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. But that means I can be known as a trustworthy person. And so Joshua chapter 1, 9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's saying, trust. Haven't I commanded you? You can be strong and courageous. I'm going to be with you. Don't be discouraged. I'm with you wherever you go, even if you go places that you're not supposed to go. God is not abandoning you at the door. I love this one. 2 Samuel 7, verse 28. It says, Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy. You have promised these good things to your servant. Your covenant is trustworthy. That means I can believe God's commitment to me, that it isn't about my performance, and it isn't even about whether I always believe and have that belief or have even the courage to believe and the ability to trust that if whatever it is that God is doing for me, with me, through me, that it is always for my best, because we believe many things, that we want to believe God will do many things, and we still have to believe in his character, that he would never withhold a good thing. And we read that verse in that last, in that last segment, when we really talked about, with you, with your own children, would you give a snake? Would you do that to your child? Would you give them sawdust? No. So if you as human parents, would not withhold a good thing from your children. Would your heavenly Father do that? So Psalms chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Those who know your name trust in you, for you, O Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And I trust in your unfailing love. I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. And I like this one. This is Psalms um, chapter 20, verse seven. And it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. And that's a really powerful verse. If you put it in current times, it might say something like this. Some trust in politicians, some trust in doctors, some trust in money, some trust in fame, some trust in possessions, Some trust in popularity, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. That's where our trust starts. Our trust lies. It begins. It ends. We always trust in the Lord, our God. In Psalms chapter 31, verse 14, it says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. What a powerful verse. Because just as I said in this last one, some trust in money, some trust in fame, some trust in popularity, right? Some trust in their appearance, some trust in what they own, some trust in who they know. This verse in chapter 31 of Psalms says, but you are my God. That's who I trust in. Fame, fortune, popularity, appearance, possessions power those are not our God so we want to be constantly differentiating and saying but wait a minute who is my God who really is my God and who am I really trusting in am I trusting in my money am I trusting in my abilities my talents how popular I am how much favor I have how much power I have influence I have or am I really trusting in my God or am I letting those be just as equal, if not more powerful than God? So Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways submit to him, he will make your path straight. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Well, some trust in their intelligence, right? Some trust in their experience. But this verse is saying, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And these these things are really powerful for us to ponder. And I like this verse. This is one of my favorite life verses. It's Isaiah 43, verse 1. And it says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. You belong to him. These are very powerful. I want you to do your own search and, and really understand that this issue of relationship is all about your belief. See, think of it in, just in the natural. Don't you have more belief in a person if you know them better? The deeper your relationship, the more you believe in them. It also happens in the inverse. The more you get to know someone, maybe the less you believe in them. So the more trustworthy a person is, the more they prove themselves, the more you trust them. So that if something looks askew, if something looks odd, and you hear something about this person that you trust, wouldn't you be the person to say, no, that's not them. I know they didn't do that. I know them. I know them. And I know that's not them. I know they wouldn't do that. Well, see, that's what we want to have with our Lord. We want to be able to say to people, that's not God. I know God. That's not God. God. God doesn't talk like that God doesn't act like that he doesn't say those things I know my God and I can trust him so let's really practice this let's really understand this is Revelation chapter 21 verse 5 it says he who was seated on the throne said I am making everything new write this down these are trustworthy and true God's word is trustworthy and true Join me in the next segment as we talk more about The Paradox of Unbelief. I hear the whispers in my Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we still have a half hour to go, so if you've missed the first half hour, I want to make sure that you go to uh, the, the, the Faith Talk website. You can always look at all, listen to all the shows on that website. It's 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. And you go to that website, you just look for my name, find my picture or either of those and you click on that it'll take you to all of the shows and you can listen to them from there you can also use the app the um the 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 faith talk app and you can put that on your phone and listen to it from your phone you can also go to my website at cynthiahyatt.com and all the shows are on that website as well along with corresponding blogs lots of great social media things for you to be inspired by so Thank you for joining me. And we are talking about this idea of the paradox of unbelief. And what is a paradox? Well, a paradox is one of these things that, that seems contradictory. So unbelief in a God that has created the universe and can do all things and is more powerful, more loving, more kind, more all these things, it's kind of paradoxical that we might not believe in him or that we might not believe he can do for us what it is that we need and so we talked about this idea that this paradox of unbelief really has to do with the trust issue and the more trustworthy a person is the more it elicits your trust the more you know someone the more you trust or conversely the less you trust them so I'm encouraging you to know this God who is wanting your trust and is very deserving of your trust. So we talked in this first hour about the story of the, of the man who had the boy that was demon-possessed. And Jesus said to him, do you, do you not believe? Do you not believe if? You're saying, if I can, can you know, help your son, if I can help him? Of course I can. And the father said, you know I'm sorry. What I mean is, yes, I believe you can. Help me with my unbelief. And the unbelief piece for this gentleman was that he had been through so many other people trying to save his son that he was losing heart. But he needed to get to know Jesus and know that Jesus' words are true. And so we have these beautiful things, faith, hope, trust. The greatest of those is love. And so this unbelief issue is this trust issue. And many times it stems from feelings of unworthiness. It really is about relationship. It isn't about whether or not God can or whether or not God will. Will he do for me what I need or what I want? It's about the relationship. What do I believe about my relationship with my father? Do I believe that he only rewards if I do good things? do I have to be perfect? See, the trust is knowing that he will. Faith is hoping, right? We hope that God will do it. We have faith that he will do it, but do we trust that he will actually do it? The little boy in this story, the son, he trusted his father. He went wherever his father asked him to go. He did whatever his father asked him to do. He trusted that his father had good intentions, and wanted him healed and was doing everything in his power to get him healed. See, children simply believe in their father or mother, whether that parent, earthly parent, deserves that belief. So when we think of this idea of love, this is an intense feeling of deep affection. This is toward an object. She was the love of his life. And when we see it as a verb, it means a deep romantic, maybe a sexual attachment to someone. And we ask that question, do you love me? Do you really love me? This is what Jesus did with Peter. He said, do you love me? Do you love me? So I want you to remind yourself to stop thinking for God. Stop questioning his love. Just simply ask for what you need. Ask for what you want. He's not a peer relationship. Now, we have Jesus as our friend, but he's not really our peer. This is always a one-up position. God is always bigger than us and can do more than we could ever hope for or, or imagine. So we complicate it so much by trying to think for God and trying to ask it in the right way. Think about whether we should ask for it, whether we can ask for it, what God's going to think if I do ask for it. Do I deserve it? What I want you to realize is that you are a child with God. Just simply be a child. Just tell him what you need. Believe he's going to give it to you. If he doesn't, no, it's because it's not good for you. Period. It's really that simple. See, this relationship that you have with God, one of the ways that you honor him more than anything is trusting him. Think how you feel when someone trusts you. What a great compliment that is if you have someone's trust. That is one of the best ways to love God, is to simply trust Him. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about this idea of the paradox of unbelief. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So glad that you joined me today. I want to make sure that you take advantage of the podcast that we have, and they are, they are on several servers out in, in, on the internet. You can find them. You can also find them on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, as well as Faith Talk Radio and their website, which also has 1360 KPXQ. Just look for my name or my picture and all those shows will be there so you can listen to them in entirety. Also from your phone if you download the uh, Faith Talk app. So we really left off when we were talking about this paradox of unbelief and how in some ways it's ridiculous, (coughs) excuse me, that we wouldn't trust in God. Why can't we trust in God? (coughs) And that's one of those things where, you know, he is kind of larger than life. And he is holy, and so there's this tendency for us to believe that he is. But will he do for me what I need? And that's the story that we have been talking about, the man with the demon-possessed son, where he said to Jesus, Yes, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. He's essentially saying, I believe in you. I believe you can. I just don't know if you will for me. That's that relationship piece. That's the trust piece. So we want to stop thinking for God. We want to stop questioning his love and simply ask for what we need. Ask for what you want. Trust that your father is going to do what is best for you and that his timing is impeccable. God is trustworthy. We are not. Maybe we're more trustworthy than we used to be. But we are fallible human beings, and God is quite aware of that. It's no surprise to him. But God is not fallible in that way. He is infallible. We can trust the God who died for us. You can trust the God who died for you. So we complicate this relationship so much by trying to think for God, figure out a system, figure out the rules, the right way to pray, the right way to say the verses, how often to do it, getting our act together, getting our life together. And I know you, I know me, children and pets. You still give them what they need, right? Even if my cat is bad, am I going to withhold food from my cat? It's a cat. Think of a child. Think of you, the person that Christ died for, because... Of God's great love for you. You think he would withhold a good thing from you. It doesn't make any sense. And so we get into this whole thing of figuring out rules like if I do this then maybe God will do this. It's kind of the same as a child thinking if I clean my bedroom every day for a week dad will buy me the bicycle I want. Well maybe if he set it up that way so that you would learn a really good habit maybe that's maybe that's the act of love. But thinking that rewarding being rewarded by God has everything to do with my performance completely negates the cross completely negates any relationship because you can get reward points on your visa card your Ma- your amex card your macy's card and they don't even know you but you can get reward for doing something so God is saying I'm wanting you to go- do good things because it will go well with you not because I will love you more I want you to do those things that are righteous and holy and of good repute because you will like yourself better. You will feel better able to be close to me. And our relationship will strengthen because of holiness, not because I love you more because you're holy. It's not because of what you do. So we see this. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. I I do believe there is cause and effect. And I do believe that sin can close doors. The operative word being can it doesn't always mean it does so when you think about God as a father as a good father and we see that verse in Matthew chapter 7 in the message Bible it says don't bargain with God be direct ask for what you need this isn't a cat-and-mouse game it's not hide-and-seek if your child asks for bread do you trick him with sawdust if he asks you for fist you scare him with a live snake So as bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God who conceived you in love will be even better? See, you don't give your child sawdust for dinner if he didn't make his bed. You still give your child what he needs while you're working on growing him up. So when you think about these things, think about this, this verse in Psalms. is chapter 84, verse 11, out of the Message Bible. It says, One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship, beats thousands spent on a Greek island beach. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God than be an honored guest in the palace of sin. All sunshine and sovereign is God. Generous in gifts and glory, he doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions it's smooth sailing all the way with the god of the angel armies he doesn't scrimp with his traveling companions he's traveling with you on the journey of your life so for those of us all right who struggle with condemnation because we have this verse also as well in in 84 it says for the eternal god is a sun and a shield the eternal grants favor and glory he doesn't deny any good thing to those who live in integrity now see that's that's paradoxical for me <clears throat> because what that sounds like to me is if i live in integrity i get good things if i don't live in integrity god won't give me good things so that what i want you to understand is that there is a cause and effect acting in integrity automatically many times brings good things however you probably know as i do sometimes acting with integrity makes my life harder. So what God is saying is, it makes it easier for me to reward you. It makes it easier for me to bring in good things for you when you're operating out of integrity. It just is smoother sailing. But it doesn't mean that God withholds. So for those of us, for those of you that struggle with condemnation, saying that living with integrity, yeah, I'm never going to do that very well. I struggle with that every day. So apparently God is I'm getting what I deserve. Well, that's a condemnatory way to think. And that is not the God we serve. He is not a God of condemnation. So living with integrity does not mean living perfectly. And I'm going to say that again. Living with integrity does not mean living perfectly. See, living with integrity knows when I'm imperfect. If I have integrity, I know when I messed up. That's a person of integrity. So you don't expect your children to live perfectly in order to grant them what they need and many times what they want. The biggest paradox or dilemma for parents is not giving them everything they want, right? Like we talked earlier on in the show, how hard it is to not spoil the people you love. You want to give them everything. You love them to be happy. Well, that's the God that we serve. That's the God that calls us his children. So people struggle with their pets. Think of how much God has to practice restraint when he owns everything, has inexhaustible resources, can create anything at any moment, if he wants, with just a word. And he has to restrain himself, just like earthly parents and earthly pet owners, to not give everything To that object of their love. So the trust issue for us is believing that he truly loves us and that his love is not conditional. See, unbelief emanates from a lack of trust or doubting God's love for you as a person, as his child. See, the enemy of our soul, the enemy of your soul, wants you to believe that God withholds from you out of anger or he's disappointed in you, or he's doing some form of punitive punishment or correction to teach you. So that really is the Old Testament. And then Jesus came and gave God the ability, the opportunity, and the way to have deep, abiding relationship with very mistake-making, sinful people. God is always a God of love. And our faith... Our belief, right, must be in his character and his intention. And we must resist, always resist, our natural human impulse and compulsion to project onto God how we feel, how we think, how we would treat us, how we would treat others, or what we would or wouldn't do. See, when you're struggling with unbelief or limiting which is really actually deciding for God. When you're limiting what, what you ask God for, because you're trying to decide what you think He will honor or will not, you must immediately go back to relationship. I want you to look at relationship. If you are mitigating all kinds of things in your prayer life, if you are saying, Oh, I can't ask for God for that because of what I did this morning or what I did or what I'm currently struggling with, so I better get my act together first before I ask him for anything. And I hope. I hope he might give it to me. See, this isn't that issue of unbelief that says I'm not worthy to receive anything good. That does not come from God. He's a parent. He's the lover of our soul. He lays his life down every day for us because he wants so desperately to spend eternity with us. Imagine, this God of the universe wants to be with you forever. Forever. You. He's moving heaven and earth to be with you forever. So you simply ask him. And you recognize that if you're afraid to ask him, that that's not from God. That's your unbelief. That's your worry about your worthiness. So if you have something to repent for, repent for it. Say to God, you know, I know I did it again and I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. And I know that I'm working on it and I really need your help. And, not but, and... This is what I really need. This is what I really want. I want this to happen for my kid. I want this to happen for my spouse. My best friend really needs this. Or I really need this. Or I really want this, God. I want that job. I really want that job. Maybe I don't deserve it, but I really want it. You just tell him. And so you can ask for forgiveness. But don't ever doubt his love. Don't make his love conditional. Don't think for him. Don't decide ahead of time what he will or won't do for you. It's kind of controlling and manipulating when we do that. You just be honest with him. You ask for his forgiveness for your unbelief. I want you to resist condemnation. And I want you to really remind yourself, if I was a parent, if I have a pet, how would I treat me? And think about the demon-possessed little boy, and what he needed. And his unbelief, his lack of trust of knowing who Jesus was, and then declaring the truth that there is no ifs for believers of Christ. So it becomes a prayer of help me trust, forgive me for lacking trust, that I don't trust your love for me, because I don't think I deserve it. That's what I want you to repent for. That's what I want you to ask for forgiveness for. So God bless you. God bless you in your life and in your endeavors. And know that you have a God that loves you more than you will ever be able to comprehend. And it will take you eternity to learn his love. The height, the depth, the width of his love for you. Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever worry about it accept it enjoy it embrace it take advantage of it we need it you need it and I do so God bless you today really see God as your friend he's your friend he's your father he's your lover he's your closest help your compadre God bless you today join us next week enjoy all the social media we have for you and have a wonderful week